0: Hello. How are you?
1: Mm. Hello. No. Oh, hello. I hear you now. Oh, okay. That cool. was weird. Did you do anything yeah. different? I, nope. I did nothing different. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. 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 Well, let's. uh we're here. <laughs> we're here. Here
0: we are. We're we're
1: we're we're, we're not queer, but we're allies. We that's we what are starting, allies, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. We're we are supportive. We are allies. Um yeah. We're uh that's that is we have, our, we have our our pronouns in our uh our our Zoom uh, names. We have pronouns. Um I have a I have a poster uh that uh that says hey come 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 here. All all people are welcome here and I'm an ally. Nice. Um yeah, yeah. Um and uh yeah so Here's here's what I got for you today. I, I made some hmm. I made some notes. OK, you know, well, you know, this one, this one's my show and the other one's your show, right? Like if we if we had to <laughs> if we had to pick. <laughs> well, it's what I, I you know, I like to think of both shows being both of ours,
0: right. Um, but you do the post. So we both we both talk on both the shows, but I'm, on yes. this show, <laughs> you do the post talking editing. And on the other show, I do the post talking editing correct
1: correct i think that's and, a that's a yeah. clear
0: way to explain it but i i like to think that well here's the thing ben uh it would be very hard for i think it would be hard for either of us to do either show alone <laughs> oh oh are you there did i lose you oh no i can't hear you i, I did i mean, adjust lost my, you uh, oh oh you know that was what? weird i i yeah i had Here's the thing, Ben. I, you know what I think it is? I think my microphone connection is loose because ah. that uh, I dropped out. Hold on, well, I'm going to fiddle with my microphone. Okay. People love it when we we uh, 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 do the audio troubleshooting on the show.
1: Oh, of course, of course. All right. How about well, now? Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, I hear, I hear you mm. great. And and what was what was interesting was you said, "Here's the thing, Ben," and then nothing. <laughs> I stopped talking. Yeah, and I thought, well, this could be where the show ends like like the last episode of the sopranos it it ended with a, just, a, just a fade to black right so here here's the thing here's the thing ben and and it could have been you you had you were going to reveal the secret of life cuz i know our listeners are really concerned about about that um it could be <laughs> that you you were uh you had uh, sketched out in your in your mind like that like like that meme of a beautiful mind how, how food safety will be fixed. And you were about to reveal that and then uh, fade to black. So I'm glad, but, but here's, here's the thing, here's the thing, Ben. Um, and then, uh, and then I don't know what you're going to say. So please tell me what the thing was.
0: Oh, I'm so I'm trying to, I'm thinking, trying to think about what's that meme about the beautiful mind. But um, so oh. no, what, what I was trying to explain to the listeners who know this already is that we both do, both shows, and it would be very hard for either of us to do either show alone, but we have divided the post show um behind the scenes production um such that you handle this show behind the scenes and I handle the other show behind the scenes.
1: This is true. This is true. And and sometimes it makes it, it makes this this my show and sometimes it, it makes it uh, makes it your show. Uh, but but it's but it's both of our shows all, all the time. Uh, okay. I'm fine. I found you a beautiful mind, um, uh, meme. And then there's another meme that I think is a takeoff on the beautiful mind, uh, which I believe came from, uh, it's always sunny in, in Philadelphia, which I think I talked about that. Did we mention, I mentioned this to you we, recently, like last that, time we were show, recording, I, I, people told me that I would really like it. And I don't, I don't really like it. Um, right. So, and, but the, yeah, we, can you hear me? Yeah, I
0: can hear you. Oh, sorry. I, I, I try not to talk over you, but then I didn't know if you could, I thought maybe you couldn't hear me, but yeah. Oh, we, now I lost you. I think fucking a, God damn it. Um, did you hear that? Cause that's a curse. Huh. Um, let me, what the hell is going on? Um, let me look at my zoom and let me see. Yeah. The thing is working. Um, I don't know why it's not working. Um, speaker microphone it all should be fine can you hear me now god damn it
1: oh there i can hear you now
0: yeah i've been cursing um let me you know what i'm i'm so sorry let me let me reboot
1: yeah let's reboot let's i think that's the best i'll
0: be reboot my computer so i think that's the only thing to try at this point i will get your the other uh uh meme loaded up Uh, all right so i'll see you in just a minute
1: okay hello
0: Hello, my audio is still not correct, and I don't know why. Oh, no. It looks correct on Zoom. That's weird. How does it sound to you? You sound good. Like it sounds like it's
1: going through your mic.
0: Yeah, it, it is, but but the speaker is. Oh wait. Uh, okay. Here we go. Oh, all right. Sorry. It's. Uh, That's all right. I think it's Bluetooth.
1: Um. <clears throat> there we go. Now say something. Oh. Well, now now your your microphone is bad, but maybe your audio is better. If that's yep. Oh, and you're on mute now. Yeah, the
0: it's it's Bluetooth is the problem. Um huh. because yeah, so anyway, um let's see here. Uh, but, but, uh big boys. Big boy cans.
1: Say big something. Boy cans. Now. Big boy cans yeah, there we go. There we go. Um, yeah, no, you, uh, that, that is good. Um, yeah. You know, but every once in a
0: while, I, I think it's probably good to reboot your computer.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think your uh, microphone is incorrect right now. Oh, okay. Probably. Yeah. Microphone. 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 Oh, oh, there we go. There we go. Yeah. I'm using a professional podcasting microphone, Benjamin. It is an ATR. 2500 x usb microphone hopefully well maybe not uh, dash dash usb yes dash usb dash usb yeah that that's the one that's the one that i'm i'm also using you sound good you sound sweet sweet music sweet uh sweet audio now yeah uh, I, do you i was bitching about this to
0: my to my uh family the other day on our family zoom call um well mostly just to my computer uh, geek son, uh, Bluetooth, Bl- Bluetooth. I have a lot of problem with my Bluetooth. Dad. Tons,
1: tons, um, and so I think that I, um, I, I just assume that I confuse my Bluetooth because I'm I I use I, um I use multiple headphones. So so for for different functions, so I got I got my my big boy cans, I got my little guys, and then I got the my got I got the old guys, um, and I'm using. Bluetooth keyboard, Bluetooth, my, or not my Bluetooth, um, uh, mouse, uh, touchpad. There's, there's bluetooth, there's lots of blue, it's Bluetooth up to up and down and bluetooth all the way down. Yeah. It's Bluetooth <laughs> all the way down. And it's, and I think that, I think it gets confused. Like I think, and, and the Bluetooth, the problem is that it needs to be perfect, right? It, even if it messes up once it's too much to to like, it's, it's such a, it's such a hassle it is. And you can't figure out where or why. And sometimes I'm, you know, I, I don't know if I've shared this with you, Don, um, and maybe this is, I, I feel like it, this is a, I'm, I'm a no, this is a known thing that I like to do, but I, I had a conversation with some friends recently and they did not know that I like to do this, but I like, I, I like to have a bath. I like, you know, Oh,
0: famously yeah, we you and John this. Roderick both.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. So, so I, I like, you're um, the only, you know, you are the only two people I know that like
0: baths. I mean, other than kids and me kids don't really like baths. They just have right. to take them.
1: Yeah. I like, I like a good bath. Um, I, I, I will, I will have, uh, probably have a bath on average daily. Um, it's, probably, I also, um, uh, to, to the chagrin of, of, uh, of, of my, my spouse. Um, I also shower a lot. Like, like I like to be, I like to be squeaky clean, and but that's because you're of... sweaty, right? Like I'm very sweaty. You sweat yes, a lot.
0: I do. I'm, a,
1: I'm I so, mean, much I, so You know,
0: I don't know this from like personal experience, but I've just heard you talk about it. Like yeah. you're always taking a shower because you're always sweating because you know part of the you're because you're always working out. You're I'm always you're playing working out. hockey or <laughs> yeah. or something. You
1: know, I like, I like, I like to be. I I, I like the. um I like to sweat, but I also don't enjoy like the after part when I'm not doing that that activity anymore, feeling sweaty. So, so I I, I try to clear that out. Um, so, do you ever uh, do you ever sweat to the oldies? No, that's that's a that's not I'm not I'm not uh, I have I make sure I get my tenses right. I've not sweated to the oldies. Um, I, it's not something that I uh, that I aspire to do. Uh, but I, i I would say that what
0: you're you're saying is that as a Christmas present, you would not like me to get you sweating to the oldies, the complete collection.
1: No, no. And I probably I'm Don. I'm more about sweating to the newbies. I think to the news, sweating with the noobs. Uh, and, um, so, so anyway, I'm, I, this is where my Bluetooth comes up a lot is I will, um, I might have a bath where I have my phone and an iPad and Mm -hmm. headphones and I might, I might watch, and and actually this, this leads into the first thing that I was going to tell you about. Um, I might watch a show like the curse, um, which I need to tell you made me feel dumb. (laughs) It made me, I think I told you this on, on risky or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but in the show that'll never go like no one else will hear it. Mm-hmm. But I, I had to go to the internet afterwards to figure out what the episode meant. What and the that, episode was about, yeah. Yeah, and that um that happens every once in a while, um, mm-hmm. to me. And but it also doesn't make me feel feel good. But I watched a lot of the curse in the bathtub. Uh huh. so, yeah. Because huh. it's because that's a place where I can do I can do some individual viewing. It's not family viewing because that's a show that no one in the family watched. It was just me. So, so I, that's a place for me to, to do it. um. But I find that if I'm watch say, say I'm watching a show and, um, and then I pick up my phone, then my, my, my big boys or my little boys want to go from the iPad to the phone and then back. But I, I just want to continue to watch the show. Not like I'm, I'm checking my email. Why, why is the audio moving? So, so Bluetooth is, is not perfect. And that's mm. frustrating. Like that, that's why, that's my message here yeah. to you. Uh, yeah well the, like uh,
0: as yeah. a as a for example I was listening to uh the omnibus uh, omnibus podcast um using my little headphones my newest uh newest uh, little guys and then I came into my office and I put on my big boy headphones because uh, I'm gonna do a podcast with my big boy headphones and then immediately helpfully I'm using Richard fingers there right, helpfully, right. um my big boy is connected to my uh phone which, it's not a bad thing to do, but, but then I've been having all sorts of weird problems. So I have a Bluetooth keyboard, I have a Bluetooth mouse, not a mouse, but a Bluetooth, um, uh, trackpad. Oh, and now all of a sudden, uh, my iPad, um, wants to connect, uh, to something, which is very weird. Oh, cause hmm. it's connected to my computer. So, um, all right, I'm going to cancel out of that. Um, that's a weird thing to have happen. Um, yeah, but oh, but you know, uh, so a couple. I got. We got. I, I. I. don't want to take you off your your story, which I've already done. But um, I want to close a couple loops here. Now, um, as listeners to this show know, um, uh, we have problems with audio at the beginning a lot, and it's become, sort of become a running bit. Uh, but what they may not know, depending on how you do the edits to this show, is we had a, a abortive attempt at a podcast which didn't last very long because I was having audio problems. Now. My question to you, Ben, is are you gonna splice that in or is that gone I, forever? I'm gonna splice it in. I think okay. it, yeah, Good. It, that's
1: my that's be, my goal. Be, yeah.
0: Because because as again, as the way this show works is you talk and I talk and I uh look at the internet. We both look at the internet, but I keep yeah. the canonical record of web pages. Um and and there are a couple of uh webpage web page tabs, safari tabs, uh about a beautiful mind that would make no sense exactly.
1: if you didn't see in it. that part yeah. of the show. No, it's going in. It's going in. Okay, for good. Sure.
0: Now the second yeah. loop I need to close because we've been spending we have talked about uh Bluetooth on this on this and, and the abortive uh pre-pre-show. Um we have talked about uh Bluetooth. Do you know um what Bluetooth is named for? No, I have no idea. Oh what, what yeah so. So this, I will open this tab in the
1: new link. <laughs> I've um, never thought to ask. Like it's like um, it's like Thunderbolt, right? I I I, <laughs> Thunderbolt I, I don't and lightning, know.
0: very, very yeah. frightening.
1: Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. So no, um, I don't know.
0: Yeah. So and have you ever wondered what that little why it has that little weird symbol? Nope, nope, I haven't, oh, but I'm okay. glad so yeah, I'm excited I, for I've, this. I've 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 sent you some homework. You don't have to read it right now. Uh, but Bluetooth, the technology, what? is named for Harold Bluetooth, who is a Danish, an old Danish king. Huh. So uh, it, yeah, so there was
1: that. he. Did he? He had trouble with his his big boys and his little boys. Is, is that... <laughs> <laughs> huh. Little Har- guys, Ben. Little, little guys. guys. I
0: I uh, I I chose the names for my headphones uh, very specifically. Okay, uh, to avoid me
1: getting in trouble. Um. Uh. Yes. So. Huh. Um. Yeah, as, uh, as yeah, I, I would like I'd like to read briefly from from the Wikipedia internet page. <laughs> uh, uh, Harold's father, Gorm the Old, had died in nineteen or nine, fifty eight, and and I wonder if if the precursor to to Bluetooth was would we would we refer to that as Gorm as the old Gorm, is that is that something? Should we be what would be the I guess like the the precursor to Bluetooth was like wireless or wi- no Wi Fi maybe. But I'm I'm gonna refer to that as Gorm the Older now or Gorm the older. Okay. Well go and not to be confused with the
0: Gorm, I think, which is a a Star Trek um creature. Yeah. Or is that Gorn?
1: Anyway. Um, Man, now you've done you've done something here for me today. You've given me the internet. You give me I- the go, Gorn. the gorn
0: are a fictional extraterrestrial humanoid reptilian. Um, oh, but but yeah so so apparently uh, so according to Bluetooth uh, I'm now again we the show where the guy two guys read from Wikipedia um, according to Bluetooth's official website Bluetooth was only intended as a placeholder until marketing could come up with something really cool uh, later huh. when the when it came time to select a serious name uh, Bluetooth was to be replaced with either Radio Wire or PAN Personal Area Networking. Um, but, uh, uh, it turns out, uh, it, it, uh, pan was the front runner, but an exhaustive search discovered it already had tens of thousands of hits, uh, throughout the internet. A oh, full uh, huh. trademark search on radio wire couldn't be completed in time for launch, making Bluetooth the only choice, but the name huh. caught on before it could be changed passed before it could be changed. So
1: there you go. Well, and so here, the, I mean, this is the Easter egg that you gave me is that the Bluetooth <laughs> logo consists of a younger. Yes. Bluetooth arc yes. rune for his initials H and B B exactly Bluetooth Bluetooth, Bluetooth. is right Shh, Come on I didn't know any of this This is great Thank yeah. you Don Oh Hey I, I am I'm here to help Ben I come here You know to There's learn. someone born every
0: day who's never heard that thing that Merlin says about the Jatsons <laughs> This is true This is true <laughs> that's, Um That's 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 wrong in like uh, three ways it, Right Right
1: Right 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 Yeah uh, Okay So Um. Uh, Bluetooth, Bluetooth, all the way down. Uh, the uh, the curse I mentioned. I I want to call out again because I know we've talked about this on the, on the podcast, but there there is um, a food soof, food soof food safety connection between um, the curse and uh, Nathan Fielder and and us uh, a little bit, or not mm. a real connection, but but I, I would like um, everyone to um, as homework to watch Dumb Starbucks. Um, which I think is my favorite, uh, uh, Nathan for you episode. Um, and, uh, it was there, there, it's, it's all wrapped up. I'm not going to get into the the nitty gritty of it here, but there's a whole bunch of food safety that's wrapped up into why, first of all, Nathan could do what he did and then why he got shut down. Mm. Um or do have we not talked about this do i want to do you remember this we have not um i have
0: i have heard people talk about nathan for you i think this is one of those television shows that my television does not get um because it's a little too awkward um uh for my my lovely wife to watch. i may have lost
1: you in Um, your god damn it
0: god damn it um i'm i can i'm fine can you hear me now yeah, there is something there is something not right with my microphone, and it happens when I touch my microphone.
1: Oh, there we go. Now you're back.
0: Yeah, it's it, it is your it wire. So re, it's a wire problem because my my microphone is wired to my computer, but the issue arises Ben when I jiggle my ah. microphone stand. That is That's, so yep. it it is some sort of wire problem. So I'm going to attempt to do the rest of this podcast. <clears throat> And I've discovered, I think it's kind of like a little nervous tick.
1: Oh, you do I adjust my tickle. microphone? Yeah, I adjust yeah. my
0: microphone uh, whether it needs to be adjusted or not. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to try to not touch my microphone.
1: Okay, okay. Um, well, that it's good. It, it's often I feel that it's me, and I'm glad that it's you. No, it's me. Um, it's totally me. So okay. So the the situation here with uh, dumb Starbucks is that mm. Nathan um, Nathan Fielder. Um, utilized uh, a, a a essentially created this replica of Starbucks called dumb Starbucks in Los mm-hmm. Angeles by saying that it was not that it was uh, a satire performance satire art. right Sat- that yep. it was not a real it's not a real restaurant yep and and so he he did not have to go through the health department because it was it was art um, right and and then. Uh, it was shut down we, by the we, yeah <laughs> it's
0: fine that it, it can be art until the point when you actually start to serve food to people
1: right and and turns out um the the local health department um in, in Los Angeles uh then uh, said um no but what's really according to the the wikipedia page about dumb starbucks in LA county um it says that the Los Angeles County Department of Health has no records of an action against dumb starbucks so, so is it? Did they really shut it down? I don't know, uh, Ooh, but it could but be it, part of the show. It could be right. Well, and see, that's this is where Nathan Fielder gets me. Is yeah. it's I don't know what's in the show, and I don't know what's yep. not in the show, yep. and it makes me feel dumb, like like well, dumb Starbucks. But- but he he
0: is. I mean, and I've never seen any of his television programs, but I have heard um, people who I respect talk about them ab- about it. Yep, yep. And he is he is very talented
1: in a very weird way, right? Yes, <laughs> it's and it's compelling. And he, um, I you know, I think we we now talked about this on three straight episodes because because it, it took me a few <laughs> weeks to go through this, but it is what I enjoy about the show up until the end the and made me feel like what I enjoyed about the show was the emotion of awkwardness that, and and uncomfortability that I experienced on every episode. Um, (laughs) and at, and at the end I, I experienced some awkwardness, but it was more about me not understanding. And then, then of course I went, read some websites about it and people explained it to me and then I got it. And it, and this, this is the the hard part about television watching for me now with with my programs is i uh, i used to be uh like a multi-screen watching tv kind of person mm-hmm. right like mm-hmm. like i've evolved over my viewing where there there were no multi-screens i only had one screen and then you know phones happened and then ipads happened and then i like to you know maybe maybe keep up with with what's happening on the internet at the same time that i'm watching a show and i find now that the 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 programming that i watch i can't do that because i miss things or i need to think about it right more and uh and so that's what what happened here is like i i watched it i was not on multi screens but i wasn't i just wasn't paying attention enough to figure out all oh, the foreshadowing that happened to the, with the last episode so anyway that's that's all i'm gonna say about it but i like it i i enjoy the feeling of the Weirdly, that right, like it made me feel dumb. And I was like, you know what, that that I guess that was the goal, or maybe it wasn't that you know, I, I, but you got to pay attention is the goal awkwardness yeah. and pay attention. And I, that, yeah, great, it accomplished that,
0: yeah. And I, I'll say too, um, there are certain like typically our, our regular uh viewing habits are we have dinner and then we go to watch television, and um, we will um, typically pick. Uh, a highly engaging, usually dark and not too funny thing <clears throat> to watch first, yep, but I have to pay attention and I really I find myself like I have to pause it when I go out of the room uh, i I can't look at my phone because I'll miss something and and the those kind of things that we're watching. Are um, really need to pay attention, and then typically for the, the the second half of the evening or the the second television program, we'll watch something that's quite a bit lighter, and that I can listen, I can pay attention while I'm out of the room as long as I can hear what's going on um, you know, unless it's in a foreign language, but, uh, but, and, and, the and yeah, and those shows I can kind of keep up and multitask, but yeah, sometimes but the, again, that first, that first show of the evening is one where I just need to be all in because otherwise I'm going to miss something. Right. Yeah. And there, yep. you, typically it's British detective stuff. Right. And there's <laughs> clues and you have to pay attention because if you miss a clue, then, uh, you know, you're not going to know what's going on.
1: And then you get, there's sometimes where you're like, oh, I wish I could go
0: back and see that clue again. Right? right? Like, like, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, and I don't even know, I didn't even know when I missed the clue or even if I missed the clue. Right? right. So, right, um, yeah, so it's, and again, and and, you know, my wife and I will often say, Hey, did you see that? Or, Hey, you know what this, this, now this makes no, this makes no sense to me. Does this make any sense to you? No, so no. Right. It, right. It is a team
1: television watching can be a team sport. <laughs> it's a team, It is absolutely a team sport. And, um, and there, there are times where, um, When when we're watching these shows that we do need to pay attention, Danny will will leave the viewing zone and -hmm. she'll go to the kitchen and she'll get a drink or something or she'll you know she might go to the to the restroom and I'll I'll yell at her. Do you want me to pause this? And inevitably, like inevitably, ninety five percent of the time she says no, and I'm like, no, no, you need something something important might happen, and I don't want to have to explain it to you. Or you're you're gonna miss it. Like we're gonna experience this differently. So I would really like to pause <laughs> this for you. And it's not and I shouldn't say like it, it's not about me. I'm gonna need to explain this to you. It's more about wanting to experience it at the same time and right. not something, oh, oh, you missed this and let, let me rewind. And it's um so a- anyway, let that, me, that, let, me that, yeah. let me give you some advice,
0: Ben. What you should yeah. do in those circumstances is just don't ask
1: her. Just yeah, pause it. I <laughs> that's probably well, the that's probably the 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 uh pro move. And I'm probably yeah I'm you're you're right, (laughs) and some but but you know maybe one time out of ten she'll come back and be like why did you pause that so then I missed right I I did it wrong Um, I was watching TV wrong,
0: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) no you no then you just lie and you just say oh uh, I got a text and I I wanted to respond to it. Okay. I got it. This is good. I'm not so advocating,
1: we, I'm not advocating lying to spouses. Okay. Good. Good. Well, we've moved into the, the, uh, the, yeah, a different now Now we've moved into a mar- marriage. Now it's a, a, a marriage yeah. support group. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, um, now, now I'd like to move to something else about things that I've been watching. Yeah. Um, but there's, this is how we're going to get into food safety today. Mm-hmm. Um, i I think I've mentioned to you, recently and I would say this is in the last uh two months, may uh ten, 10 weeks or so, I have been watching a lot more um of the 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 beautiful game. Uh if I have I mentioned this not to, you? to be confused with The Beautiful Mind. No, that's a different show. A beautiful the beautiful game is, is what I, I believe what I understand some people call uh soccer or or football. Oh, <laughs> oh okay I have you- I have not I've not heard that. Oh, but apparently it's old. It's
0: uh, popularized yeah. by Pele, who I know,
1: uh, who yeah. is a soccer yeah.
0: player, uh, uh, a, a football uh, player. So yeah, Food, football. footballer, football, football.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so have, have I mentioned that I'm watching a lot of soccer right now?
0: I, and- I thought you were going to say
1: lacrosse
0: because we did. We were talking on the other show about how you need a tent for your yep. lacrosse.
1: So right, right, right. Well, and I haven't yet been watching a lot of lacrosse. I will start watch, watching a lot of lacrosse, but I've been watching a lot of, um, I've been watching a lot of soccer on TV, and <laughs> uh, and I'm I'm almost, I don't know, I'm I'm not I'm not fully in on the on the world of the English premier league, but I did spend a lot of time learning about the history of why there's a premier league and why there's a champions league and what, what happens. Cause it's very confusing to a North American sports viewer. Um, but, but it's known as um, the uh, the English premier league and there are other leagues. Okay. So don't, the listeners don't, don't, don't email me or at me at, at this one. I know uh, about Uh, la liga which i believe is the spanish league and then there's bundesliga which is the german league but but i for whatever reason english premier league is is what i want to what i want to watch um well and i shouldn't say for whatever reason i had a we have a a family member who um his parents were were born as my my um uh, my my lovely spouse's uncle uh, David is his parents were born in Scotland um he is a played a, a lot of competitive soccer growing up came to visit us uh, over the thanksgiving break and he he's very much into soccer and it was like we got up early in the morning he's like hey do you mind if we just turn the 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 soccer on and so i watched i probably watched like six soccer games over that weekend with him and then i realized that I, I really like watching sports and uh, which is maybe not a surprise to you, but the, the benefit of the, of watching um, English premier league soccer, Don is that live competitive sports happen before they happen here because of the time change. So on a Saturday morning, I can get up at like 7am and there's like an actual game happening. So I've been watching a lot of this. It's live, live at
0: 7am US. Okay.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So, so I, I don't have a, a team yet, that's, I think that's like a, uh, something that people, uh, declare, um, their, mm. their love for a team. I've seen it on the internet that, that, you know, I, I you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just, well, wa- I similar to to the world of, uh, of the NFL. I'm, I, I just, I enjoy watching the, uh, the games. I don't have a, I don't have a, a team, but I do know that there is a team that I'm not allowed to like based on, my conversations with um, with Danny's uncle and Mm -hmm. others who I've told people about it, this Um, and it's uh, they're like the, the Dallas Cowboys or the um, the New York Yankees of English premier league. Right. So it's, it's, it's a bang bandwagon um, team uh, and it's Manchester United. I was going to say the only name of a team I can think of is Manchester. U. Yep. Yep. So um, here's where we get into food safety. Are you (laughs) sorry, just really, really quickly before
0: we get into food safety and Manchester United, you know, when I think of uh, British football, there's one thing that I think of, um, uh, which which is uh, have you have you seen the David Mitchell watch the football clip? No, I have not. Okay. But so I will look. I will could you send that to me? I will send that to you. Um, it is uh and you know do you know who David Mitchell is, the British oh, comedian? Yeah, of course. Yeah, From
1: yeah. uh yeah, yeah, panel panel guy. Yeah. And the, uh
0: yeah, watch the watch the football. Watch the, watch the football is pretty good. Maybe uh maybe at the end of the show we could uh watch it together.
1: It's only about uh two minutes. So yep, yep, perfect. Let's do this. Um, okay. So uh so the reason why I wanted to talk to you about this today is that in my uh perusing of Uh, the food safety world and news on the internet something came across my my uh my inbox i guess or Mm. my 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 internet inbox um and and i'm gonna post this for you in the in our chat um and i just wanted to know if you might be looking for a job because i might be looking for a job um I'm, I'm not really, but but this uh, piqued my interest. Uh, headline from the uh, the Sun, the tabloid, Manchester United on hunt for food safety officer after serving thirty guests raw chicken. Uh, um huh. so yeah, so so apparently, um, according to the subheading, um they, uh, uh, um the dangerous food was served after three hundred pieces of chicken were cooked for for an event. Um, they, the club was handed a one out of five food rating after dozens consumed the food, not, not hit for, for human consumption at an event on November 21st, the uh, local uh, council, I guess it was got invited, uh, or it got involved. Um, and, uh, and here's the, the, the job ad. Um, the job ad states the successful candidate will be ex- expected to elevate the standards and exceed expectations in a bustling department it adds your role goes beyond routine tasks you will be a crucial player in ensuring the safety and excellence of our culinary offerings during high profile conference events and lively match day business i I'm, I'm interested in this don i don't know if i can do this like if i could do both jobs my my current my current job if i could do this from like uh, virtually from afar, I would not like to move um, to to Manchester. So I might apply for this, but I would love to do this for, via Zoom. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and and here's
0: the thing. One guy is not going to be able to monitor all of the food preparation going on. Um, during the game no i honestly i think you need to come in you need to be like a honest level person and just hire good people and just manage them right because it's not like frank goes around checking temperatures right he has people to do that but he knows how to hire the right people and motivate them
1: yeah well and this is the thing i am i i feel like i could do this i feel like i could put together a team um that would meet the goal there's again a quote from the sun um you know the Manchester United is determined to regain their five star food hygiene status as quickly as possible. I could be committed to that. I sure. I, I feel like I could put some a plan together for this. Um, you know I I I I I might, I don't know. I might be a little bit overqualified for it, but I I would love I'd love the chance. And this is a way for me. Again, like I said at the start of this conversation, I, I've been told I cannot be a Manchester United fan, but this might be a way for me to um, to become a Man 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 U uh, fan uh, at Old Trafford, which I believe is the name of their um, uh, their football stadium, uh, and uh, and also do some good for food safety. So well, I'm not saying I'm going to apply for this, but sure. I'm also not saying I'm not going to apply for this.
0: Well, and and here's the thing, you're overqualified um, and they're definitely going to underpay you. But here's the thing, if you do it from Zoom without leaving North Carolina, I I think that's what we call a (laughs)
1: win-win. Right, right. And I I, I feel like I can have fun with a cover letter on this, like just talking about how I am new to the world of English Premier League soccer um, because of a, a family connection. And but I do have some. I've got some background in food safety and I think I could help out here. And you know, maybe like Ted Lasso's style, someone will hire you in an effort
0: to tank the team.
1: <laughs> oh, this is see, this is it all this comes is together then. It's all coming together. So, uh, anyway, uh, I know we talked about uh, a few episodes ago about a, a job that TikTok had for food safety, but I, I saw this today and I thought, um, okay, let's uh, we'll think we'll think about this. Uh, but okay, this leads into a, I, you know, I'm I made some notes today, and we're gonna get into some follow up. Um, I've got let's see, one, two, three, four, five food safety incidents that mm. uh, that I want to talk to you about, but. Someone this weekend asked me a, a, a question, not a risky or not question, but a question that was difficult for me to answer. And uh this this happened. Um we were um, uh, you know, I, I mentioned to mentioned you that a lot of my non-food safety and non-department head chair time is spent uh in in the world of youth hockey and youth sports. Uh one of my kids was playing uh in Charlotte, North Carolina this weekend. Uh and uh it was a a, a relatively quick trip, but we we had uh some time to hang out um with with other parents uh at a at a brewery and had a you know, a stimulating conversation about lots of different things. But one person who I was having um, dinner with asked this question um, that I'm going to post to you. And he said, okay, what would you be doing if it wasn't food safety? And so Mm. what, first of all, have you ever thought about that? Secondly, what, what would you be doing if you weren't? and, And I, and I, I took this as not, like not at all it's not like well, what would you know not food safety at nc state university right like what other things would i be doing like i would not be able to answer the question today oh i'd be the the food safety officer for man, man- manchester united right like right. like he was asking if i had not you know kind of stumbled on this this world of of food food safety and microbiology what would i have been you know what 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 would i've been doing and I'm going to pose it to you in two different ways because I, I I think about this because my you know I've got two kids who are trying to um, well I don't know if they're trying to figure out but the the system mm-hmm. places this on them at 15 and 13 like mm-hmm. what you know what what kind of attributes or skills do you should we be you know pushing you towards for the thing that you would like to do in life but the but a secondary question is hey what if you were to end your food safety world now. Right. So, so I think I'm going to ask this to you in two ways. Are you, are you, are you ready for ready. it? Yep. If you had not found, um, and, and you know, and, and I think famously on this show, you've talked about making a connection with Bob Gravani, uh, and knowing the world of, uh, or learning the world of food science through, through that, that connection. Um, and if you'd not made that connection, what would you have maybe done if you could you know predict that, but then secondarily, Knowing what you know now and and where you are now, if you were to leave the world of food safety, would you be doing a different job that that is not the same as what you had predicted when you were you know uh, looking for um, uh, I, I guess a career? Does that make sense? Did I articulate that well? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, yeah. So what, there you go. One
0: question is a lot easier uh, to answer than the other. So yes. so first of all, just to, to correct the record, um, uh, Bob Gravani is not responsible for me being a food scientist. He's responsible for me going to graduate school.
1: <laughs> oh, OK. Sorry. Okay. My fault. Um, yes.
0: No, no worries. And the person responsible for me being a food scientist is uh, John Sherbon, who is another professor at Cornell University who, um, and again, there's a hockey connection here. He was uh, my youth hockey coach with my dad when I was young. He was married to his wife, whose name I don't have in front of me right now, who was a school teacher with my mom. And so we, uh, you know, we had a family connection. And and again, the story, as I've been telling it, and I think it's mostly correct, is I told my dad I wanted to study biology. And he's like, well, you don't want to do that because there's no jobs. Uh, but you should go talk to John Sherbon uh, because there's jobs in food science or jobs in the food industry. And so I did. And, and you know, the rest is, as they say, history. Um, I think if the world and again oh, and we've talked we've talked about this before we've talked about I don't know, I don't was it an assignment I gave to you it was an assignment I gave to somebody um uh the wonderful book uh wonderful life uh yes. by yeah, Stephen you, J Gould yep, um yep. you know uh which is all about uh well it's sort of it's sort of a play on the wonderful life um uh uh, uh movie uh but uh but also uh a book by uh Stephen Gould um about what would happen let's see wonderful life. I oh, will find it here in a minute. Uh, why is it not? no oh, it's not uh it's not here this uh somebody needs to edit wikipedia oh it's 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 a wonderful life instead of wonderful life. um, but anyway, um what would happen if my life had gone differently right? um and I think if I look at the skills that I have, um well, I mean, I could have I think I think I could have been a food engineer if I was not a food microbiologist, right? But that's in the world of food science. Yeah, I think yeah. I could have I could have easily gone into I'm not wearing I'm I'm not wearing my shirt today that says I'm I'm doing a lot of things with computers right now, but yes. I I could be doing something with computers, right? With being a computer programmer or something like that. Um I think epidemiology holds a lot of attraction to me. I like, I like that. Again, that's sort of food science, food safety adjacent, uh, but epidemiology is, is fascinating. I like the idea of figuring out, you know, who got sick from what, uh, you know, or who, who got, you know, or even just more generic epidemiology, not just food, food poisoning epidemiology. And again, using math and statistics. So those, those are a couple of sort of off the top of my head things that, um, I mean, it would it would have to be something in uh I think um well I mean I could have been a school teacher I suppose right I've got I've got that um I've got, and as we could and I do want to before we leave the show today I do want to talk about um, undergrads and undergraduate teaching because uh, I I did uh, teach undergrads for the first time uh last Thursday and we'll teach them again on um uh, today um so yeah, so those are kind of the yeah. the top of mind things, right? Something with science, something with computers, something with technology, something with teaching. Those are because those are the things that I I like and I'm I'm good at and uh hold attraction for me.
1: And and is it is it different? So so like my my I guess my two questions, is it different now than it would have been if you had never stumbled upon food food safety? Does that make make sense? Like like we're we're is there something that you've experienced over your career where you're like you know this is something that i didn't even know that i liked or learned about until until this time cuz that's that's kind of how i answered this question when i was talking about it a little bit does that does that make sense like say it one more time i i'm quite yeah. to follow you so so like i okay now let me give i'll give you my examples and maybe this will clarify so so i think I I ended up stumbling into the world of food safety because I was connected to Doug Powell by a a, a friend a you know a common friend someone who had worked for him um uh, as an undergraduate. Her name is Lindsay core and uh, she was a residence assistant with me and and she I guess I don't know if it's famously, but she said hey I, I she had worked as a as a research uh, assistant with with Doug over a summer and said I'm not coming back to this job because I got a job um uh, working at the border um as a customs <laughs> officer yeah but close to her her family home in um near sarnia um ontario And she said i'd, I'd like to do this because i'm really interested in like public service and and policy um and i i'm international things and she's like i'm gonna go do this but you should you should reach out to this guy because i think you two would get along and and you know for me that that was a the starting point of of absolutely my interest in the world of food safety and in, in career and i shouldn't say like i was really interested in disease and infectious disease and epidemiology but this gave me a different very specific pathway of higher education and, and extension and food safety but before then and in fact like it, it, within a uh, probably a month of that conversation with Lindsay, um, I, I was kind of set on being a high school science teacher like that. That was, I, you know, I was, I was doing an undergraduate degree in in molecular biology and genetics. My dad was a um, an elementary school teacher. Um, I, I, I liked, I liked teaching. I like, um, I, I you know, I, I had seen, that that could be a really, especially in Ontario, a really cool job because, you know, you get, you get summers to to do the things that you want to do. And, and, um and there's, it's a, it's a professional sort of process. And so, so I think, I think back then had I not found this, that's, that was the path that I was going to go on, but through the rest of my career and this one might, um I don't know, this might surprise you. If I, if I was not doing, if I was to leave food safety right now, I think I would like to go and be a campaign manager for a politician. <laughs> I, oh, I yeah. did not see that coming. No. And oh, so I took, um, yeah. So, so is that the, but, but I, I'll give you a bit, bit why. So I, um, as when I was in uh, college, my, my, I, I had a minor in political science and I enjoy the game of politics. Right. And that the, 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 and, and I, I'll, t- my, the, the, the podcast. And I, I think that the, um, the Pod Save America group and the Crooked Media group have, have fed this interest of mine because they, they talk about what makes for good politics and what makes for good policy and, and, and in the behind the scenes game of, of it. Right. And it is, and it is a game. Right. Like it is a, um, in, in my mind. And, and the 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 worst part of that is that that game results in real, you know, benefits and problems for real people. But I think I enjoy that process, that behind the scenes um, issue. I have no interest in being a politician at all. But I think that I could, you know, it, like one of my, uh, and this is probably not the reason to, to get into this, but I think one of my favorite movies of all time is Wag the Dog. Mm. And, and, and it's the, you know, the, the story of behind the scenes, you know, there's a political scandal and how do you deflect view from that scandal by creating another set of scandals to, for people to point at. And, and I really enjoyed, and this is to, to you, and I don't think we've talked about this, but the White House plumbers, you, you gave a recommendation a while ago. Um, Danny and I plowed through that, that, uh, um, that series. And in it, it, you know, I, I just like, I enjoy the the um the world of 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 consuming politics and so yeah so i would do i think i would do that if i was to leave which is a totally different world so anyway does that yeah does that make yeah oh yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah. no that's 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 super helpful and interesting um and yeah the only uh, yeah i mean i and i do get what you're saying about the horse race aspect to politics and i do on the one hand i do enjoy it when the pod save guys um nerd out about um like you know what it means and and all the politics but at the same time it gives me it it makes makes me uncomfortable because it's it's it is it is real like the stakes are real right um and yeah and it makes me think you know again in terms of like the things that i like if i was gonna go and do something um you know something with like like solving mysteries right Crimes. yeah uh, yeah but the problem is again my knowledge of that i know enough about how science is portrayed on television to know that that's not the way necessarily it actually works in in real life um yeah i mean and again you know see every episode of the wire for probably a pretty good idea of how it actually works in in real life um i do I do like the idea of studying like large organizations and figuring out how they don't how they're not working and trying to make them more efficient so something with something with yeah organizational efficiency or organizational inefficiency and again it's not not to be a a productivity expert but you know again you see well like you know again going into business and studying like six sigma and process improvement like all of that is 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 very interesting to me. So I could imagine things I would do that would keep me interested and entertained and stimulated if I was not in food science and food safety. But I mean, God, let's hope I never have to do that because honestly, I mean, I've invested a lot of time in learning a lot of stuff
1: I, that, and, and would, that, like, I,
0: that I that I, I, I would like to put to use, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, and, and that was I think that was what struck me so so much about this question, right? Is like, well, I'm this is what I. Like this is what I do. Like I'm, I'm, I'm very, very unlikely to to go into the world of political campaigns, right? For for a variety of other uh, of, of reasons, right? Um, but but it would be, and and I wouldn't, you know, the the that question of like if you had to do it all again, would you do it? Would you do this? And it, um, or would you do it the same or differently? And I think I would do it the same. I've really enjoyed the the evolution. Of uh, the things that I, that I get to do. And and there, there are lots of times where I'll have a, a conversation with someone or an opportunity comes up or I'll get to go somewhere. And I'm like, I can't actually believe that this is what I do. Like, this is part of the, the life that, that I get, you know, that I get to, um, that I get to live. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was a really like, and, and as soon as, as soon as this question came up, I went like to my little drafts, um note and I was like I'm gonna ask Don the same thing because it was it was a hard uh, it was a hard question and it made me think about stuff differently and I was like I bet you there's some you know I I bet we all look at this kind of kind of differently and so glad thank you for indulging me in my in in our little bit of uh not well non-food safety because it would be outside of food safety homework but I think I still think I could do this um, Manchester United job and maybe the TikTok job which is uh, food safety not even food safety adjacent just it's but but a different different world of food safety the other thing is i've always i you know you and i have talked a little bit about this uh when we get um invited and get involved in in expert witness work or or whatever um for for the the world of um foodborne illness litigation. I really enjoy that because it is a little bit of detective stuff. And and it's it's a it's um a, a role that we don't play in our normal in our normal lives. Um and so it's I, I find that very um uh, academically interesting to to look at you know sort of this idea of like more likely than not uh and and being able to weigh in uh, on a on an expert opinion for something that there's not A strict like um there's not a uh something in the literature that points to the answer right like there's a lot of unknowns in foodborne illness outbreaks because you're you're going back years sometimes um to figure out what happened that led to the to the illness and i i find that very um uh i don't know i uh stimulating like uh, academically stimulating yeah yeah for sure um okay So let's go back to my, to my list, um, which now is now is entitled sweating to the noobs, just so you know. Uh, Okay. um, Let's do the, this one came up for me. I'm going to send you a little, a link. Did you, did you hear about the one where um, some glove remnants ended up in uh, some shredded cheese? I did. Oh. This is the kind of stuff that again people um send send to me um and 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 ask this you know this question how could this happen right? And I'm just like, the answer, Ben. Easily, yeah. I got like five different ways that this could happen. Yeah. Um, but, but I, but the the most gory way is that what I'm glad about is that it's not just <laughs> there's glo- no fingers in yeah. the gloves. Yeah. Then it's just a glove remnant. Not yeah. A, not a glove yeah. hand remnant. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we'll link to this in, in show notes, but uh, shredded cheese recalled over glove revenue and some product. This is from uh, Food Safety News, but I think that there was a recall alert that FDA sent out. Uh, Beery che- Cheese Company of Louisville, Ohio, is recalling members, Mark, mild ch- cheddar, fancy, fine shredded che- cheese because of foreign material. Uh, according to the details posted by FDA, the recall was initiated on December 18th, um, and it's because there was uh, you know, a glove. So, yeah, like how does it happen? Probably someone drops a glove in by accident and then it gets shredded. You know, that's my, that's my guess. Or, and this is something that goes back to um, a risky or not episode that we did a while ago about um, pockets or pockets risky or not, you know, mm-hmm. it could be that you've got a, a a pocket, a shirt pocket, and that you took some gloves off and it ended up in that shirt pocket. And then someone leans over a production line or something pre-shred and then all of a sudden it gets, you know, this glove gets shredded up and ends up in, in bags of, of shredded cheese, you know, again, that's, those those are the two ways that I kind of answered this. uh, um, How could it happen? um, Yeah. Somebody could have taken off a glove and set
0: it somewhere on a a food contact adjacent surface and it got knocked off, you know, Um, uh, that could have happened. It could have gotten uh, grabbed by the machinery somehow. And thank God it didn't pull off somebody's hand, but just pulled off the glove. Um, It could have been, Uh, somebody threw a glove in what they thought was an empty trash container. And then later on, somebody put food on top of it. And it turns out, you know, it was actually not a trash container. It was going to be used for food. I mean, there's, yeah, I mean, there's a whole lot of ways it could happen. We, 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 we would know we could, we could hypothesize a lot more if we had detailed information about the glove fragments, if we were to walk through the production facility where it happened um, you know, looking at the, the size of the fragments would tell us where in the process it happened. I mean, there's, again, this is, you know, this is back to um, what other job we could have, right? Like, like solving the mystery of how the glove got in there. There's clues, right? There's, there's clues yep. because you could go, you walk the facility, you'd look at the glove, you know, you, 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 you'd talk to people and you come up with some hypotheses and you would never know for sure, but you could certainly rule some things out. You know, it might be, it might be deliberate contamination. Somebody might be really pissed at the company and just wanting to, you know, to th- throw a glove in there. Um, that's, that seems a
1: little far-fetched, but you never know. Yep. Yeah, yeah, Exactly. And, you know, good news is, um, yeah, you know, that foreign materials. You know, it's not great to have in food, but fortunately, it's not like something. Hopefully, that would lead to a, a, a catastrophic uh, injury or, or illness. And and I I certainly don't want glove remnants in my in my shredded cheese. But um, yeah. but yeah, it's it, these things happen, and and I think I find it pretty interesting. Some sometimes when people ask us, well, how could like that? You know, how, how does this how does this actually happen? Um. So, um, so we've got that. I want another one that I wanted to talk to you about. We had a little discussion, um, in our, in our secrets, uh, you know, top secret text channel, uh, with our friends, uh, Linda, Michelle about, um, this one that's coming your way here in a second that I also would like to get your take on. Um, and, uh, it was, uh, a recall that happened in canada where my 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 home home country uh where uh there was some uh frozen corn that's they, that had some salmonella in it so um gentro mm. foods incorporated is recalling eagle brand corn frozen from the marketplace because of possible salmonella uh contamination the call was triggered by cfia test results. So uh how I read this is that the Canadian Food Inspection Agency was doing some routine sampling of food um mm-hmm. or had reason to think that they might want to test some something uh and then found some salmonella in, in product and then it led to to a recall there were no illnesses but um yeah this one um so what uh, this this one uh, to me is I think more of a concern that if I found listeria and frozen uh, fruits and vegetables. Yep. Uh, so, because because of the like low low mean infectious dose compared uh, from Salmonella compared to to listeria, and I know I've talked about this on the on the podcast, but one of the recommendations that we got from our pediatrician uh, when uh, my second child was teething was, hey, just give him some frozen uh, uh, corn or frozen vegetables for him to chew on, and that will help him with his teething problems. Uh, but also, uh, frozen corn is not ready to eat. And if it has salmonella in it, that's not a good thing to feed your kid. Yep. And if you cooked it, um, uh, it wouldn't be good for teething anymore. Right. Right. Would not, would not be. But this is like, so I know we've seen a bunch of recalls linked to frozen fruits and vegetables for Listeria. This is the first one that I remember seeing for salmonella. And maybe it's just because I'm, I don't know. It's all a blur to me. But is that, did that surprise you a little bit here? It did. It did. Because when it's a, when it's a frozen food uh, being recalled uh, for
0: bacterial contamination, it is almost always listeria. And again, there's a couple of good reasons for that. Listeria It's listeria is not ubiquitous, as uh, Joe Frank once uh, corrected me, but it is out it is out there in a lot of food processing plants. And it does not cause more illnesses because, again, as you say, it is uh, it is a high median infectious dose pathogen. You need relatively high levels. Even for immunocompromised people, you need relatively high levels to cause illness, at least according to all of the published data on dose response models. Whereas those same sort of dose response models for salmonella indicate that uh, you don't need very much at all. The good news... For the frozen food industry is that we don't have salmonella in frozen food plants very much um people uh probably uh i don't know if people test for it but again it's probably not there um or if it is um it's it's not uh, as uh, nearly as widespread as listeria and so yeah it's uh it's a mystery i mean i wonder yeah i wonder what we what what uh where it came from you know i mean certainly it could be in it, it almost almost Certainly, it is in raw corn, right? Um, because corn, I don't know if you know this, Ben, even in Canada, uh, corn is grown outside. Yes, um, yes which is where we keep the salmonella most of the time. Um, and and birds and- can poop out salmonella. It can be it can be present in the, the agricultural uh, environment. Um, and it could certainly get onto the raw material. Uh, corn is, uh, blanched as part of the, uh, uh, freezing process. And so it is given somewhat of a heat treatment. Uh, so it's a little bit, it's a little bit puzzling how it came to be there. Uh, but it would be, it would be interesting to talk with our, our good friends at AFI about this in, in more detail, but doesn't, it, it's, it's a rare event. It doesn't, it doesn't surprise me because it's certainly theoretically possible. And again, you know, food processing plants, uh, they clean and sanitize and they, they work on this stuff. So it's not, uh, um, um, it's not a common occurrence. And I, yeah, to your point, um, I don't know of any other examples of, of where frozen, I think we've had frozen food recalled because of salmonella. I'm not yes. sure I've
1: ever heard of frozen corn being recalled. Yep. Or or other frozen vegetables, I don't think, but I could be wrong on that. One. Right. Um. So yeah, and I, this is where, where I wanted to also talk a little bit about, Um. you mentioned the blanching process, which is you know, if we think about salmonella, and this is something that that I I've you know learned from you and I know we've talked about um salmonella does pretty well in dry heat right like it you can you can stress the salmonella cells um then they they kind of get preserved a little bit um and especially in like a uh peanut peanut roasting process where you you've got a dry heat then it goes into a high fat um uh, product it you we, we certainly have seen a number of illnesses linked to to those you know nut butter and 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 other low moisture food products but the blanching process is a it's a wet it's a wet heat and mm-hmm. so so to me um yeah again like we'll put our speculation hats on here um but but either we've got an improper or incorrect blanching process but more likely it's post-blanching contamination because i think that what you would see with an in, incomplete or improper blanching process or even if you skip that is that the product itself would be terrible because the reason why we blanch it is to inactivate or, or um the enzymes that right. are like you know they're still turning away on nutrients well not nutrients but i guess turning away on um Inside the the corn kernels them, themselves, and and changing the the quality of the food. So so I would you know I I feel like you would have a different indicator before um, you know salmonella. Um, so so it, to me it's like something else further in the process that probably went wrong, um, whether it's like a a rinse and there's a water contamination or or whatever. But it's just. It's a really interesting one to me because of that. Because just seeing and knowing the process and being out there numerous times in in uh, frozen vegetable plants and be like, that's I don't. It's hard to it's hard to imagine how salmonella. Like you, you mentioned the the production side of things. Um, it, it, yeah, I mean, if there was a lot of salmonella that came through and maybe the blanching process not validated against salmonella, maybe that's the the case. But I I feel like it's probably something further down the processing line
0: yeah I, yeah I, I think it's unlikely to be blanching survival and it's more like most likely to be post-process uh contamination so yeah
1: yeah yeah so, although
0: interestingly in the so we'll link to this article uh from journal of food protection 2017 uh um uh, 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 uh senior author uh Donna Guerin thermal inactivation of listeria monocytogenes and salmonella during water and steam blanching of vegetables um so obviously there's a reason why I mean Affy was certainly focused on listeria, but also on salmonella, and uh, yeah, uh, s- s- greater than five log reduction on all products within 0.5 minutes by hot water blanching. Uh, yeah, steam steam blanching within a couple of minutes. So
1: yeah, 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 yeah right, right, right. I remember that that one uh, coming out, and that's that's why this one, truthfully, that's why this one surprised me, right? Like that, this is, um, you know, I can see that there's probably more niches in uh, a processing plant for listeria than there are salmonella. And so pro post blanching contamination, I, it, it doesn't surprise me that we see that with, with listeria, with listeria, but the salmonella one was, it, it was, yeah, it was a surprise. And in fact, our friend Linda said she did not have this on her salmonella bingo card, which I didn't oh. know she had had one of those. Um, hmm. But uh, she said, uh, um, you know, something. Uh, yeah uh as they say i didn't have salmonella on corn on my 2024 bingo card <laughs> which was which is a good uh yeah Thought that was yeah, a good I that did, was a good text.
0: I, I did i'm doing a little bit of google scholar uh searching here there is a salmonella typhimurium outbreak associated with frozen tomato cubes at a restaurant in finland but again that's different right that's yep, tomatoes yep. which have been linked to salmonella it's at a restaurant it's not uh it's not in a food processing plant um. Yeah. Not a lot out there. There. It, there was uh, an article uh, published in IJFM occurrence of Listeria and E. coli in frozen fruits and vegetables uh, collected from retail and catering premises. But that showed up in my uh, Salmonella search because of a Salmonella outbreak uh, that the authors reference. Let me see. And I'll highlight. I find it here. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Just... Uh, oh, here here's a good one. A salmonella typhi outbreak in Florida linked to consumption of frozen mammy, a tropical fruit imported from Guatemala and the Honduras. Uh, oh. And Honduras, rather. So, so yeah, but again, uh, typically salmonella is not something we see associated with frozen foods.
1: No, and I'll highlight with the tomatoes that that mm. one, I wasn't familiar with that. But tomatoes are typically not a food that we blanch um, for preservation True reasons, right? So um we'll link to the National Center for Home Food Preservation and um the uh I saw another cool document here from uh the folks good folks at the University of Nebraska Lincoln on freezing tomatoes where they're like uh yeah you the the only thing that you're usually doing is is peeling them um and it's an easy to easier to peel if you drop them in some boiling water, but it's not necessary. Um so yeah and yeah, so good and, and I mean good good interesting one for, for us to talk about. Um uh, I know I got a, a big topic that I want to get into here. Um let me go back to my list and see if there was anything else surprising. Oh, did you see this? Uh um okay. Was, while we're on a, a Salmonella conversation, uh, I'm gonna drop two recalls um in into your um into your chat and again talk about a concept of um that we've talked about on, on the podcast before but of uh recall creep okay mm. so um first one is uh quicker oats had a uh just dis- uh, uh announced this a couple of weeks ago but there was a bunch of um quicker oats products that were recalled uh back in december Uh, 2023 that recall then um was updated in january 2024 and all of this is due to salmonella in in quaker oats um and uh no illnesses associated with this but i believe this one came up because of some routine um some routine testing um and so a whole (laughs) bunch of quaker products and these were all um like granola bars then um if we fast that was the original one in december let's fast forward uh, uh a little bit here um and about their expansion so now there's some more bars that get recalled cereal bars and some cereals um and some instant oatmeal uh-oh now that so that was january 12th then now what i would expect to see happen um is that the products that um That Quaker didn't make themselves, but the granola was used for, or those oats were used for now leading to other uh, outbreaks as it kind of goes through the recalls. Yeah. Recalls, not, not outbreaks. Thank you for that correction. As it makes its way, as the information makes its way through the supply chain. So um, yeah, it was parfait uh, with granola recalled over salmonella, possible salmonella contamination. And so this is like, well, and let's, and let's be clear. Um,
0: if you were to take all of this these parfaits and exhaustively let's say you had an infinite testing budget Yep. i, I bet if you were to test all of these you would not find a single bit of salmonella yep right but, because yep. because it's again it's all about so the initial problem is again probably retail sampling by public health right They find the organism, um, and then it goes back to, okay, well, it came came from this plant. It came from this batch of raw ingredients. And so Quaker, uh, again, in an abundance of caution or whatever the – phraseology they want to use they're like okay well this is all product that is implicated by that one positive this is all product that is implicated um and then and then recall creep starts to happen for a variety of reasons including if, if fda goes to the facility and says well you know you said you had a sanitation clean break uh but that doesn't look clean break to us um and so the recall expands and then and then there's there's follow-on effects like okay this granola was used you know with uh, like us yep. say in parfaits yep. but but again all triggered by a single positive, and and really not—I don't want to say not that serious because I mean you know food companies got to do what they got to do, but yeah, not um, yeah, not 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 a lot of salmonella in all this recalled food would be my guess, and because and again, no the, illnesses, right?
1: Yeah, and this is exactly where I wanted to talk to you about because I remember mm-hmm. um, you and and again we'll we'll reach back into the archives on this somewhere, but I remember you you talked you you have used this in a talk. Um, and talked about it on this, on this podcast about a consulting, um, job that, that you did around, uh, uh salmonella and chocolates for, for, I think it was like peanut butter mm-hmm. in salmonella in chocolates, uh, around Valentine's day. Right. And, and doing, yep. um, um, uh, I, I, this, this'll sound, uh, this'll belittle what you did, but you did mm-hmm. a math exercise. Right, it's like, not like, at all. No, okay, I, I did yeah.
0: a well. I did a uh, uh, as we say, Ben, a quantitative uh, microbial risk assessment. Yes. Right,
1: right, and and so so this is the like so so from a from a risk based approach, probably, I totally agree with you here that the likelihood that Salmonella in these parfaits that were recall, recalled in you know I don't know. By the Patterson Group and uh, some somewhere in Canada, um, that was. I'm trying to think. I I don't even have the details on where it was sold, Um, but it was from Urban Fair. Oh, yeah, it was distributed in Alberta and British Columbia. Um, The likelihood that that an illness is associated with these parfaits is is got to be very close to zero, right? An illness, right? Right. But but from a from a business standpoint you got to recall this product because the the odds are not it, it, the one in 10 million or the one in a hundred million or whatever it is that it does get associated with it. If, if it's found that you knew knowingly use recalled product in there, um, it's not going to go well in a civil yep. law lawsuit. And I don't know yeah, how you to, can, rec- you
0: can't, you can't, and you, well, you can't yeah. prove
1: that it's safe. Right. And
0: so again, right, depends right. upon whether the, the uh, regulatory authority has the ability to force you to do a recall or not. Um, you can't prove that it's safe. Um, and so you're left with
1: one option, which is to do a recall. And the likelihood that it, that it was going to be a problem is, is very, very small. And I don't know how to reconcile this, right? Like no. there's, You know, right? Like, like there's, there's obviously food waste that's getting generated by this. Now the likelihood that, um, you know, this recall came out on January 16th. These are individual parfait cups. Like what's the likelihood that these parfait cups are still in the store at urban fair? I think pretty low, right? Like I don't know what the shelf life is on
0: the 15th best before the 19th. The story comes out on the 16th,
1: right? Yeah. Packaged on the 11th. Oh, best before. Yeah best before in the 19th. Oh, well, so the the labels show packaged on the 15th. Yeah, I think that those are um so interesting. Cuz the product, oh, weird. I don't know how that works. Maybe they just got an example of a of a product or of a label. Well, anyway, doesn't matter. Yeah. Um um so all of that they they're just it's just something that we have to accept, right? Like it's it, there, and and oh, I don't think, no no. Think, oh, no, no.
0: So the so the the products were recalled on the 11th, but here and here's the thing. Oh, so I see what's going Patterson on. Patterson Food Group, yep. shame on you, because you this yep. product was recalled on the 11th, but yeah. you used it on the
1: 15th. Shame up on you up until the 15th, right? 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 right. Or yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. So
0: yeah, if I, I mean. Though based on these labels, the, the this product should never have been made with this granola. If again, I I don't know I don't know the good folks at Patterson Food Group, but to me it looks like they screwed up, or they were not
1: pay, they did not have their eye on the on the granola ball, as we say. Yeah. Yep. And and that at some point on the fifteenth, they they said, "Oh, we went and looked at the list, and we're using yeah. um, you we're know, let's pick product. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's pick something here." you know, whatever, whatever it was. And it's hard,
0: right? Like it's, it's super hard for, and again, you know, again, I'm not, I'm going to bash the company on the one hand, then I'm going to, you know, offer them some, some consolation. I mean, it's hard, right? There are recalls that come out every day and it is almost a full-time job. And I, my guess is Ben, I'm thinking this is this Pattison food group is a pretty small operation. I don't know if you ever heard of them before. No, I don't Um, know anything about them. So I'm, I'm thinking maybe, uh, maybe they just, again, they have probably have one person who does quality assurance for the whole company and they got a lot to do, including, uh, look and see what, what recalls are happening.
1: Well, don don let me I, in a twist in a um in an oh, interesting twist uh, here.
0: Canada's largest western based provider food uh-huh. and health products.
1: Yeah, the okay, 60, well 62 62nd largest company in Canada, 10.1 billion dollars uh, in sales. Um they uh yeah, they, they've got Great, some ben. some now, stuff. Now, the, the game that I always like to play
0: and uh, we can play this game right now. Uh, oh, shit. I just, I, I cursed and well, I, I moved my microphone and I cursed. Can you Oh, well, you're me? good. Yeah, I hear you. I okay. hear you. You're good. I'm right. nervous. Tick, move the microphone. Not don't do that. Bad, bad, Um, bad. bad. So uh, the game that I like to play, Ben um, is called, are they a member of IAFP or not? <laughs> yes. Yes. And so, so uh, I'm going to go search the membership directory for Patterson food group.
1: Yep. And I, can I give you a few things to look for? Sure. As well, Um oh. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, uh, um, Urban Fair that's one of the they, they own a whole bunch of um grocery stores. Yeah. yeah, yep. Buy smart foods, save save on foods, um, choices market, uh, quality foods, the Canadian fishing company. I don't know what that's all about. Um, yeah, so there, there's a whole bunch of stuff, um, that they that they also own. So we might not be able to find them, but they should be, they're big, right? Um, yep interesting do you do you know what else they own is this right no hang on um don here's here's the direction i didn't think we were going with today um the passing food group owns the uh, guinness book of world records <laughs> <laughs> oh my. i guess there's an interesting uh choice of uh of, of of mergers and acquisitions. Wow. That is an interesting one. Why would you, uh, yeah, I guess maybe if you really like the, if you're, if you're, you're someone who really likes, um, you know, acquiring companies and then one of your favorite things was to read the Guinness book of world records. When you were, uh, when you were a child, you might want to just go ahead and buy it. If you had that, that kind of money to do so. Um, and so they're, uh, Yeah. Well, and you yeah. know, here's the thing
0: it's, uh, uh, it's, it, I think it's, it's down to this guy, uh, Jim Patterson, who, um, it seems like is just a entrepreneur and he just likes to, uh, uh, buy and sell. So that's, that's, that's really what, what this you is. Like, this is just an entrepreneur that has uh, lots of business opportunities.
1: Buy, buy low, sell high. Um, yep. so, uh, we will, uh. Also linked to, um, one of the, it's so one of my favorite, favorite things, uh, is when uh, all our worlds come together. And, uh, the last week tonight with John Oliver covered, uh, the, uh, and criticized the Guinness book of world records from taking money from authoritarian governments to pointless for pointless vanity projects. Uh, and, uh, so yeah. Um, and as a response, the, um, that the john oliver tried to create uh adju- asked them to adjudicate a record for largest cake featuring a picture of someone falling off a horse and they declined <laughs> all right well, we'll here's here's,
0: here's here's where i thought you were going to go with that if you look at jim pattison's wikipedia page do you know what uh what he has what he is a member
1: of no is he, uh... he's a member of the order of canada Oh, here we go. Order <laughs> Canada, great job, Don. Um so, uh let, let's go cuz this is all public, right? Everybody knows yeah, about this. I think so. I yeah. don't know. it um, is now we haven't said his name yet. We haven't said his, now, his name yet. Um uh so uh, let's see if I can find a link to this. Uh here we go. Um link. So, great Don, great job. Um This is uh, according to my alma mater, um, University of Guelph. There was a news release that came out uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, It says, uh, University of Guelph U of G congratulates um, honorees named to the Orders of Canada of Ontario, Dr. Jeffrey Farber. Uh, Farber is a food safety researcher who served several years as a food science uh, professor, uh, director of uh, you know, U of G's Center for Research and Food Safety, CRIFS, and the, and the head of the Masters in Food Safety and Quality Assurance um, program, which is a program that I used to teach in back uh, um, uh, 15 plus years ago. Uh, and so Jeff was recognized uh, for his work um, in more than 30 years with Health Canada and uh, his continued leadership uh, by being named to the Order of Canada, which is uh, Canada's highest um, uh, I think civilian honor, um, that, that exists. So, uh, he, uh, was also awarded the Outstanding Achievement Award for the Public Service of Canada. Um, and in 2023, he reserved the International Association of Food Protection's President's Lifetime Achievement Award in recognition for his lifetime of professional achievement. So congratulations well, and, to and- Jeff. Yes. And Jeff, now, you know,
0: Jim, because you're both members of the order of Canada. So get him sorted out with respect to food safety, get one of his people in, in. So I did a little bit of searching of the IFP membership directory, uh, nothing for, uh, Jim Pattison group, nothing for urban foods. So, uh, as far as I know, they are not members of our, uh, beloved professional
1: association. But uh, but Order of Canada when they get together for their um with their jack put their Order of Canada jackets on and talk yep. about the the old days I, I, yep. yeah we're we're get we'll get Jeff uh, we'll get Jeff on the case um uh, so very cool good job nice nice work uh, connecting the dots yeah. on that Don uh, well, it's all due to Wikipedia by the way well, if you don't support Wikipedia you should I, I it's a
0: very valuable I resource.
1: Should. I support other things give them, I give them, them, them
0: money every month it makes me feel yeah, well, good.
1: The, That's good because I, I, um, I was listening to another podcast where our friends said that they, they, they don't and should, uh, I was listening to the same podcast. Interesting. (laughs) All right. Um, Okay, so now we got a little bit of time for follow up. If you've got if you've got time, what's your sure? Do you, you've got heart, heart out today? What's your I, what's your situation? I,
0: I am at my home office. I need to be at my work at twelve ten because
1: Perfect. Ben, I am teaching undergrads today. That's right. Do you want to talk about that? Because that was on your list of stuff to talk about. To sure. The world of teaching undergrads. Let's do that, and then we'll get into uh, to follow up.
0: Okay. Yeah. So uh, as I think I shared on the last episode of this show, I forget, Ben, we talk so much and some of it makes it into the show and some of it doesn't. But yes, I am, uh, my, uh, former department chair, uh, Carl Matthews is on sabbatical in Mauritius. Um, and I am teaching one third of his two credit class, uh, food safety and food law. Uh, which means I have uh, a whole bunch of time uh, with some lovely uh, food science undergrads, and I was quite nervous about it. Uh, but then the first day went really well, so uh, and the rest of it should go well. We'll see. We'll see how it goes today. Uh, but Ben, uh, these uh, these kids, and I can call them kids because they are younger than my kids. Uh, so they're they're these young young individuals, young uh, food scientists. Um, uh, half of them have never had a class in food microbiology. And yet I have to teach them about, I I'm choosing to teach them about preventive controls. So I figure mostly it's just a matter of me entertaining them and I might trick them into learning some things. Uh, I have, I really, I, I don't know how much we've talked about, um, uh, uh this in the last time we spoke, but I really, I was not a terribly good student. I really don't, think that giving people exams really is very helpful because it's just yeah, a matter yeah. of memorizing things for a short amount of time. What And so I've decided that I'm going to base the grade for this on class participation. Um, and also they're going to do a project where they're going to basically write a HACCP plan or a preventive controls plan. Um, and I really don't, I really don't care I mean, they're, they're not going to, I mean, they're going to do the best that they can do, Ben, but I'm really, I'm more interested in the process, right? Uh, and again, the work that I do, the, edu- the extension work that I do, uh, there's no tests in extension unless you're maybe, I guess, maybe sort of some people do a test for, for um, uh, preventive controls. We do have tests for the Better Process Control School, but I really don't think that those are terribly helpful. Um, maybe for better process control, school it's using useful for weeding out people who have learning disabilities or who can't read. Um, who some people who sometimes come to the class, but you know, for the most part, I really, I really just want to have a conversation with them about food safety, and again, sort of uh, uh, see what they know, and then try to get them to learn a few a few other things about food safety, and and mostly just have a positive experience with the with the course. I don't really, I don't really care how much they can memorize because here's the thing. I mean, I know, I know all of this stuff, not because I've memorized, I mean, yes, I have memorized it, but I didn't memorize it for purposes of memorizing it. I memorized it because I need to know about the difference between salmonella and listeria because I have to talk about it sometimes on a podcast and, and that's
1: real learning, Ben. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, Okay. So this, um, this makes me. Think about something that that I tackled a while back. Um, as we had a we we had an opportunity that that didn't pan out, but uh, someone was uh, w- was ex- uh, maybe going to join our department working in the area of AI in educational assessment. And so I'm gonna I'm just gonna provide a couple of links because I you you bring up something that I'm fascinated with because I absolutely agree with you. On my my n equals one personal experience, mm. and and that that is, uh, and and it it goes kind of goes two ways on this. One, as a student, I felt that the way that I was being assessed did not um, uh, demonstrate what I what I knew or 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 the skills that I that I might have been um, asked to create as part of the um, the learning objectives of a course, um, and and that exams or even projects were getting at something as a proxy to the ability to do something. And I, I got really interested in better, not better ways, different ways of doing assessment when I was teaching um, undergraduate and graduate uh, courses at at, uh, the university of Guelph that I mentioned before, and that Mm -hmm. food food safety quality um, master's program. Mm -hmm. And, and did not, it was like two, it was the wrong time of my career to, to change it. So, mm-hmm. so I, I got really into, you know, I taught a communications and food science course and I got really into like written communications and trying to assess and edit things for for people and give feedback, but it was super, super time consuming. And I was not good at managing my own time yep. to do a good job in providing assessments back, right? So, so all my like great ideas of, I'm going to spend, you know, this is what, it, how it really should be. I, I ended up just like, you know, grading people's group presentations as most of the grade. Cause it's, it was just easier to assess. So, yeah. T- so the two things that I'm going to link to uh, was a, an article that, um, cause I keep, I, I keep following this world, trying to figure mm. out how to, how to like incorporate this and where it's going to go. So the first one is a, um, is a, uh, an article that was uh, a review article that was in the journal of computer and, um, and analytical learning, I think, or no computer assisted learning, um, that talks about, um, artificial assessment and, uh, in, in educational artificial intelligence and educational assessment. So the idea of being able to train some sort of an algorithm to put outputs of students, into to give a score better job and assessment that would be less time consuming. And, um, the thing that I took about this is that we're okay. That there is advancement, but we're not, it's not ready for prime time yet. Mm -hmm. And then there was another paper that, um, I really liked and, and I was asked to put together a, um, a, um, I guess a summary of a position for a cluster hire here that we may or may not have about how we use AI in in our college. And so I, I use this as a little bit as a background for it. And I thought it was a really cool idea that outlines what I would want a faculty member to be able to do um mm. in in this in this area as we kind of move move forward. But I, I think it's like I think there's something here and I think we're gonna get there. But but everything that you talked about gave me like uh, a recoil of like I would love mm. to teach but I really don't like doing assessment. Yep. Yeah right? no like and
0: that, I I don't I don't want I don't care. I yeah don't, I don't care. Yes. It's yes yeah. it's, it's you know I just I just don't care. Uh, yep. I, I, I don't know. I don't know any other way to present that in a nor, more nuanced way. I understand that educational assessment is important, but I just don't care about it. I I want to teach. I want to communicate. I want to inspire uh, people. And again, and I don't think testing is, is the way to do that. Maybe we need some other assessment, but you know what I'm going to do for right now, Ben, is I am going to uh, take attendance. I'm going to learn their names. I'm going to try to make sure that everybody says something in class because I think that's how real life works and then we're gonna all evaluate each other's presentations at the end it, it would be like it would be like Ben at the end of being a department chair you're you you would take a test to to see um like how much you knew about department chair stuff or department head stuff and that was what your promotions was was based on that's yeah. ludicrous right right right. right. Yep. You know, I I know, I know how to assess a department share, right? You could do, are, are your faculty happy? Uh, You know, does the roof of your building leak? Uh, have you had any new <laughs> hires lately? Um, You know, uh, are what what is student satisfaction with what you're teaching, right? All of that is, are going to be, how many papers have you published? How many grants did you get, right? All of yep. that is important stuff. And that's, in fact, that's what we're working on uh, this week for the dean, because she's asked for a report that has all of that stuff in it. Not how much do I know about being in uh, you know t- taking a, a multiple choice test on being a department chair
1: right right yeah and um yeah it's and and i think that if it's if it's one of the things that are part of the measure okay but but like you know i, I think about my um I, I think about what my kids experience in high school and it's because of the infrastructure of being able to do assessments you know better better more well, I don't know, autumn not automatic, but utilizing AI to do assessments somehow and being able to like do this in a in a in a more efficient way would be great. But ultimately I think you're where where you're going is what it comes down to. It's like, does it do the students meet your your eyeball test of engagement? And are they are they able to 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 engage on the subject? And what you don't know, and this is where I kind of um you know look at think about what I do in in um extension assessment is whether they had those skills at the start or not right like it's just what it is at the at the end and so i think yeah but i i really appreciate your your comment because i i also like i have a tough time i have a tough time caring on what the what those test results are um so yeah yeah. Um,
0: well, I mean, imagine imagine looking at, again, not to make it all about me, but imagine looking at my undergraduate transcript and and saying, okay, now predict where you think this person will be in 40 years um, and do that for all of the other students and all of their transcripts. And there's, there's no way. Yep. There's no way that you could have said, oh yeah, this one is going to get a PhD. This one is not, right? This one's going to be a faculty member. This one's going to be a past president of a professional society right like there's no that all of that was fine because it was getting me to the point where I could do other stuff but uh, yeah again famously uh, it was either Niels Bohr or Yogi Berra that said uh, prediction is very difficult especially about the future Yep. and that's yep. really what we're talking we're talking at right we educational assessment is like are we doing a good job so that the student is now um, able to do whatever to be to be a
1: in stem right? Right. 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 Yeah, Absolutely. Um, cool. Um, all right. You want to do a little bit of follow-up? Sure. Okay. So I want to start at the top here. Cause I, I, am so the, I'm just going to, uh, say what you have here, your note for this one. Cause I think it's funny and I want to know how you, well, I, I guess I know how you did it, but, um, okay. So the, the name of the, uh, of the document that you put in our, Dropbox is lawyers pretending to be.org from Forbes <laughs> submission. And so I'm going to read the message that we got yep. through yep. our food safety talk. Hi there. My name is Sharon Links. I came across the helpful information you shared at foodsafetytalk.com and was wondering if you were opening to, open to adding a new resource to that page. And in I guess indirectly, we might be doing this. So um, mm, I work, with, if we don't link to them. <laughs> fair enough. I work for an organization called Keep Food Safe. We support individuals who have fallen ill due to contaminated food. That's a really interesting thing to say, right? Don, I'm going to step outside of this. What Mm -hmm. what does that mean? Support Mm -hmm. those. Okay. Recognizing that foodborne illness can lead to severe consequences, including hospitalization, we are committed to educating the public on current food outbreaks and promoting safe practices for both food service companies and consumers. By proactively addressing outbreaks and fostering awareness, Keep food safe aims to maintain trust in the food we consume. Check out our advocacy site below. Um, and so they sent a link to that. Um, yeah, we won't, we won't link to this and and if you want to find it, you can Google it. Um, what's important to us is providing resources and help for those that have been affected. I think our advocacy sites could be useful, a useful addition to your page for that reason. If you agree, would you consider sharing a link? Uh, we've considered it, but so and when you go there's no, but you know what yeah. we will link to
0: is food safety news, um, yeah which is a dot com by the way, not a dot org uh, and food safety news is spar- sponsored by uh, marlar Clark uh, so that is uh, Bill marlar's um law firm um uh, and yeah if uh, if you got sick with food poisoning, uh, I would say contact um Clark.
1: yep <laughs> or
0: whoever contact somebody. Somebody. Yeah. But I mean, here, here's the thing. Like, like if you go to the food safety news site, it says right at the top sponsored by Marlar Clark. Um, yep. You had to dig around this other website to kind of see that what they were up to. Um, And I, I just I just thought it was a little I thought it was a little shady. Yeah. It's like, well, and I c- how, how, why not say, hey, we're food. We're food poisoning lawyers. We're food safety lawyers. And we're looking for clients. And we've created um, um, a, a, a dot org webpage uh with minimal information um
1: to kind of suck people in who are doing google searches well and i can't even find who it is right like we we know the person who sent it to us but i couldn't tell you who the law the law firm is by by looking through this you, you can ev- i think you can eventually find it okay, um,
0: okay. yeah you can you can eventually find it i think i because well or at least i found out enough about it to know to, well to know I, what it was so
1: yeah yeah i found i found for you for this that um, the contact us is about spe- schedule your free consultation. There's a few spots about like, we're going to evaluate your key, your case. Will it, if we are able to provide legal help or any other resources, we'll get back to you as soon as possible. But there's, I couldn't find like, uh, even on the about us, it it just says we're an organization to support those who have been poisoned. Most okay. of it. Yeah. Um, So that was like, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Like be like, tell, tell people who you are and what you're all about. Um, but even the contact us doesn't have a phone number or anything like that, that I could Google. Um, so I, so I, to me, I still think it's a mystery who we are. Learn more. Still the same thing. Yeah. I don't know who it is. Anyway. Um, so there you go. Um, um, I want. I'll jump back a little bit to give you uh, some. Give not you, but all of us some uh, some feedback. Uh, one of our favorite uh, uh, people, someone we've interacted with, who is actually a, a a guest on this show, guested with me when you were not there. Um, mm. Adam Inman, who mm. is in uh, a, a, a food safety regulator in Kansas, he writes to us. Hello, good sirs. I was amazed how you took a seemingly laughable topic and made it interesting through your analysis. Um, And the topic that he's referring to is cooking water, sorry, cooking water at at room temperature and canned defects. So this relates to our cooking water. Um, Yes. Yeah, uh, risky or not episode. Um, He said, I thought of another possible scenario, not knowing the exact citation the inspector used. I bet there was a ladle in the pot of water and the inspector cited... 3-304.12 in use utensils between use storage. And he highlights a part here of F of in a container of water. If the water is maintained at a temperature of at least 135 degrees and the container is cleaned out at a frequency specified under subparagraph 4-602.11 subpart D7. Um, yeah. and so, yeah, which we were not going to go to, um, there, but he said, I think it reinforces the ongoing need for TCS or not TCS series we've collaborated on, which is a different show. We do risky or not, not TCS or not. Um, but, uh, but Adam has asked us on, on numerous times to, to, uh, weigh in virtually and in person on, is this a TCS food or not? Um, and so, uh, very, very cool. Um, and then he also gave us a great link to another fantastic um guide from afto the association of food drug officials related to dents of unknown temporal occurrence um and uh so we he, we'll, we will link to that as well so two episodes um that um that uh, that we that we talked about uh, a couple things thanks for the follow up from adam yeah thanks adam um and then you put a couple things in here that i I want to know about. Mm -hmm. Um, so one is, and and this is the part of the episode where, where hopefully you say, Oh yeah, I remember why I put that in there. Or you could say, (laughs) "I, I don't remember why, but let's talk about it. So, so there's a, uh, an article uh, from uh, digitalguardian.com blog about mitigating insider risk in the food and agriculture sector, which references a new guide that helps uh, organizations in the food and agriculture sector identify critical assets and defend against insider threats. And I think this is, and then the guide you also um, linked to, I think this is probably linked to our ongoing discussion of um, cinnamon and, and maybe other ingredients having heavy metals um, in them, including lead and uh, something else. I can't remember exactly what the other heavy metal was, but is that is that ringing a bell for you? Sorry, well, there's a couple of different things in here. Which one are you talking about? I, the mitigating insider risk in the food and agriculture oh, no, sector. No, oh, no.
0: So if you look at if you look at the link just above that, it is an email from friend of the show, Jason who remember we, oh. we had, this was follow up to our, uh, our pants with pockets risky, I think risky yes. or not. Um, and so we had asked, uh, we had asked him for, uh, more information and he provided us with those links to those, to those documents. So oh, well, that there is, uh, that is what it is in reference to. And we'll, we'll put links. So this is, again, information on, um, uh, basically, yeah, um, uh, insider risk mitigation and then, uh, a press release on this, on the same. And we will, we will link to both of those.
1: Gotcha. 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 Um, and uh, yeah, okay, good. And this is a cool little little guide um, that uh, that I think would be help would be useful for those certainly in the food processing area, but anywhere where someone might walk into your facility and uh, or already exist in your facility who might want to put something in food for um, uh, you know maybe to hurt you or to hurt some other people. So um, yeah. Um then we got some cool feedback um from let's see here. Sorry, I'm closing out some some other things. Um this deep, one. Deep state, oh, right? Deep state. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I now I'm
0: clicking on the wrong thing. Yeah, All and right. so, so Deep, Deep State writes, I thought you guys would find the discussion on lead in cinnamon interesting, and it is a uh, a webpage I have never heard of. Oh, it's a substack uh, called The Rotten Apple, yeah. um, and it says uh, heavy metal takeaways, and so it, it, it goes through the cinnamon uh, lead levels um, uh, with, and again, it's described in parentheses, big scary numbers plus takeaways for food professionals. And so it it talks about this uh, lead in cinnamon in applesauce um, that that happened just around the the holiday time. And these are just crazy, crazy levels of lead um, and trying to figure out why and where it came from. And they do a little bit of uh, risk communication in terms of showing us grids and the concentrations, which may or may not be helpful, uh, but really um, just, just... the more I learn about this whole lead and cinnamon thing, the more fascinating I am uh, fascinated. I am with it. And again, it's deliberate contamination, people adding things like lead chromate, lead chromate, um, to improve the color of things. And also it's lead chromate. So it's heavy. So if you sell by weight, um, you make it look good and you add some weight. Um, and, uh,
1: but also it gives people lead poisoning. So maybe not a good idea. Yep. 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 Um, and just as a follow up on on that uh something that we we got an email also from um a listener uh to the show um, um uh, Carol, who, who, uh, uh, often will, will send us cool stuff. Um, she, she said a lead has a sweet taste and cinnamon is definitely not sweet. Would not be surprised if a dishonest food producer used cheap lead compounds, such as lead acetate to sweeten the cinnamon flavored applesauce. They get a uh, sweet taste without adding sucrose and it can be labeled no sugar added. Um, and then, uh, I, uh
0: well, yep. I, yep, I mean, yep. I appreciate the point, but I don't think that's why it's being done because you yes you can say no sugar added um but you would have to say lead chromate added um which would you know right so i mean i, I yeah i i i mean it's an interesting hypothesis i i don't think it's correct though but i but, yeah. but I appreciate the the thought and i did it, not know that lead was sweet which might explain why kid kids eat uh lead paint chips
1: yeah yeah well and and i again it could be um a situation where um yeah they're not they're not label if they're going to do that they might not be labeling it um is what i kind of right. thought about it as well right. um and then um she also so yeah. yeah. She also said lead deposits around the world can vary in uh, in their stable lead isotope composition. Um, for decades, stable lead isotope fingerprinting has been used to distinguish among the sources of lead, um, which I th- th- thought was really, really fascinating, right? Like not yeah. all lead is lead. So yeah. uh, she said a tragic recent example of pediatric f- uh, fatality from eating sweet tasting lead paint chips. In the case of a Sudanese child in New Hampshire, stable lead isotope fingerprinting finger of lead segments in her hair showed she was um, uh, poison with lead in the U S and not Sudan. Um, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. So we'll, we'll link to those, um, in our, um, uh, in our, uh, show notes as well. Um, so yeah, just, a thanks for, as always, thanks for those who, uh, um, to send us, send us stuff, uh, via, via follow-up. Um, that's all. Yeah. What else, what else, what else you got? I think that's it. We've covered all the things that I wanted to cover. Yeah, me too. Um, I Yeah, I think that's the show. So uh, uh, how we end this one is not by uh, saying things like, um, there's been another episode or anything like that. We just awkwardly uh, tell each other bye. and I will bye. do that first. Bye. Bye.
0: I've got to, I've got to imagine FDA is doing that lead isotope yeah. stuff.
1: Yeah, that's that's figure out I didn't where even, it's
0: coming from. But yeah. I didn't
1: even know that, right? Like that's gotta be part yeah. of this investigation, which is super, super cool. I bet we know some people who I won't we won't docs here who are a part of that, which is which is probably, fun. Probably. Yeah. Um and every once in a while when I run into said people that do stuff like that. Um, the, and we have dinner. They tell me about all the cool things that they're, that they learn. And then they say, you can't talk about that on the podcast. So it's okay. It's on, it's not even on background. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah, it's fun to hear about it.
0: Off the record, oh, as they say.
1: Off the record. This is not, I, if I say off the record, it's off the record. It's true.
0: Mm. Do you, can, uh, can you declassify things with your mind too? I, I'm often declass- saying they're declassified. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. No, you don't have to say it, Don. You just, just have to think it. I just did it. I just declassified some something right there. Uh, all right. So the week of the fifth, I don't have my schedule yet, but I'm going to D.C. at some point. OK, so so would you like to what what what's your what's your take on doing this again? Maybe either late next week or the week of the 12th. Um, let's see. Late next week. I have to
0: look. I might um, actually be able to answer this. Would be fine, um, depending on when. Why don't you throw out some days and times? I'm fine okay. either way. Okay, hang on. Let me see
1: what this is. so I can find Let's see this is February eighth. See if I can get it. it's also um virtual. Why can't you put, shouldn't people put an agenda
0: up? Oh, I hate that. Like, please come and do this thing,
1: but I won't tell you when. Yeah. yeah. Or, yeah, or it's one of these three days. Right. And so, um, oh, come on. Well, anyway, um, updates. Maybe it's sitting here. All right. Well, I'm almost certainly going to leave this thing early. (laughs) Let's (laughs) let's say that I bet something happens on the fifth. Late the the meetings probably the sixth and seventh. So maybe I'll. So okay, um, I could do I could do almost any time on the ninth. And I know Fridays are not your best, but like that, like so. We I'll give you some other options, but. Well, and I have not
0: yet set my lab meeting time, um, for my students, but I will, but that's going to put it in the, in the middle of, uh, the Friday. So.
1: Yeah. And if you wanted to do it, if you had an interest in doing it either after or before whenever your lab meeting is, I literally have nothing on the ninth. Okay.
0: My, uh, um, why don't we, what, you know what, why don't we say nine o'clock on the ninth? Okay. Okay. That's perfect. Uh, and yeah. then, cause my lab meeting probably won't be before 11. So. Okay. That's perfect.
1: And I... Yep, that's good. Sweet. Done. Um, And then we are... Okay, so we've got the knot. So there, we're in our we're two-week. And then we do riskier not at some point, right? This week, maybe.
0: Um, uh, 30th. 30th. Okay, cool. Yeah, and good. all the episodes are edited and posted and they'll be dropping. So uh, I think the last one drops on the 29th and then, uh, or maybe the 31st. And then we're, we're good. So
1: yeah. Well, uh, and I am up to, I'm caught up. I'm going to do this one right now. Cause I have half an hour before my next meeting. And uh, here we go. I'm going to, I'm editing cool. food safety talk. It's going up. Cool. Perfect. All right. I will talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye.